welcome to the City Point Church podcast. Thanks for joining us. Every day is an opportunity to take hold of. So we hope this message inspires you and builds your faith, that it helps you have more of a God perspective for your day. Enjoy. Pastor Mark and Lee came to Brisbane many, many years ago. Uh, he, d- he made a declaration over the city that it would be Brisbane, the city of God. And for that to become a reality, it requires an army of people who are equipped and ready to go out and to not just share the gospel of Jesus Christ, not just see people come to know him, but to be able to disciple and walk people into new seasons of their relationship with Jesus. And so this morning I have titled my message, I'm going to let you know right from the start, I've entitled it Growing Up. I did entitle it something else, but Gray called me this week and said, I don't know that that will go down well. So I didn't call it, it's time to grow up. So it's, it's a palatable growing up this morning. But the truth is, is each and every one of us are called to grow up. Now, for many of you, like me, this might have been a statement that was thrown at you when you were a child when you did something wrong. Who can attest to that? That when you did something wrong, you were told to grow up. Because we follow a God who literally has an upside down kingdom, it's done differently with him. And so I've actually never heard a message about this specific thing. I've read many devotionals and I've read lots and lots of books to help me in my journey to grow in maturity in my relationship with Jesus or in Christ or in my faith or in my leadership or in my parenthood or in my, you get the, you get the message. I've read a lot, I've listened to a lot because as believers, we have a specific stage and season in our life that we hunger and thirst to learn. But this morning I felt uh, as I was preparing in this theme to bring a word from the Word of God, I, I really felt to unpack and talk about something that is not often spoken about in the house of God. And so because it's not often spoke about, there are many, I'm going to call them Christianese statements or common familiar Christian lingo that we hear and because we are good or we want to be good, we go, hmm, amen. But truthfully don't really understand. And so I want to talk to us this morning about growing in God. It's a statement that gets thrown around a lot in church communities. If you are new to following Jesus, you may have been encouraged to join a life group or find a mentor to help you grow in God. And if you've been around church for a while, you might have been approached by somebody to mentor them or to disciple them so that they can grow in God. To be honest, I've never yet met somebody who has made a decision for Jesus who doesn't want to grow in God. They all want to in intent, in their heart, because it's the right thing to do. Amen. But what I have found is that we don't always know what we don't know. (laughs) And so this morning, I want to talk about some of these things, but... To explain what I mean, I've found two guys in a YouTube 
who really help unpack this. If you've been if you've been following Jesus here today for under five years, can I ask you to bravely slip your hand up? Under five years. Yeah, there's a few of you. So for those of you, and for those of you who've walked in here this morning and you haven't yet made a decision to follow God, I would love to apologise on behalf of everybody else for some of the statements that we throw out, that we assume you know exactly what they are, that sound a little bit like these two fellas. Thank you, team. Bless his heart. I think he's backsliding. I think I saw him drink. Yeah, but in moderation. I just wasn't seeing much fruit. He's going down a slippery slope. How's your heart, man? How's your heart? I'm just such a words guy. It was a total God thing. I'm blessed. I've been working on my testimony. Is that secular music? We're opening with a secular song tonight. Wait, is this a secular song? Isn't she secular? Which station's The Fish? 104.3 The Fish. Safe for the whole family. You know he's a believer. I think he's saved. I just pray you would give him traveling mercies. Mm. Pray for all Tyler's unspokens. Mm. Echo that. Just really like to echo Tyler's prayer, Father. I just, I echo that echo of my echo of his echo. I really feel like I'm being released from this, you know? I'm trying to be relevant. I'm just trying to be in the world, not of it. Hey, do you want to join our small group? You want to join my D group? You want to join my cell group? Community group? Access group? Accountability group? Acts 27 group? Dude, he brought it. He brought the word. That service last night rocked me. They're pretty purpose-driven. Yeah, it's seeker. Don't they do seeker service there? I feel like he's gotten really watered down. I don't feel like he really teaches the word. There's not enough meat, you know? Are they non to non? We have a great Wednesday night supper. Let's invite some dudes over and fellowship tonight. We're gonna have a sweet time of fellowshipping tonight. Dude, we had the sickest fellowship last night. We're going to extreme. Velocity. Ignite. Yeah, I'm going to ignite. The edge. The dive. The bridge. The ramp. Fire. Courageous. Passion. Echo. Reverb. Noise. Velocity. Drive. Elevate. Radiate. 722. 635. 419. Orange. Blue. Yellow. Green. Clear. Neon. Catalyst conference this year. I don't do that because I feel like it ruins my witness. Been struggling with that. I'm really wrestling with that. I'm wrestling with a doubt. Need someone to hold me accountable. I'm really trying to be intentional with her. I'm pursuing her for sure. I'm trying to guard her heart. Guard her heart though, bro. Will you hold me accountable to that? Yeah, well, bounce your ass. Bounce your ass. Dang it. Crap. Shoot. Sheesh. Frick. Darn it. What the H? Holy crap. Son of a beasting. Dude, he's really teeing me off. I'm gonna kick his A. Are you asking me right now? Not cool. I find that offensive. I may have just dealt with just a couple of the religious spirits in the room, and if you don't know what that means, some of the people who've been around here for a while will. Do you know, it's not, the, the statements these boys made are not all of the statements that uh, when you are new to Christ or you are exploring who God is and who he could potentially be in your world, that when you come in to the house of God, you may not understand. When I was a child, I gave my heart to God at a really, really young age. I was probably around Hannah Collins's age. And at the time, all the children used to be in the service for the praise and worship. And then, you know, they'd ring a bell after the city vision and all the kids would go out. And I remember 
that the person who was landing the service like Gray was this morning gave an invitation in that moment to follow Jesus. Now, I'd been raised in a Christian home, so I'd learned a little bit in my couple of years on who Jesus was, and he was a good guy. But they used to always communicate that you needed Jesus in your heart. And as a child... I made a decision on a particular Sunday to walk forward, because you had to walk forward back then, to give my heart to Jesus with the full thought or revelation that they would cut me open to put Jesus in. (laughs) And you laugh about it, but we just throw a statement out, you need Jesus in your heart. And we expect that everybody would understand that statement. Here's a couple of other ones that we can tend to throw out. I'm going to throw the worship team under the bus, but we can actually just say, you know, they can come up on the platform and they can declare out, come on, let's exalt the king. Did he come to Australia? I was not aware. I would have thought there would be a bigger procession if the king was coming. Or let's lift our hands in worship. Like, What is worship? How do I lift my hands? I don't understand these statements. Or when somebody like the lead person gets up after this moment and goes, come on, let's give God glory. Do I applause? Do I whoop, whoop? I don't know. What's giving God glory? Sometimes we assume as followers of Christ that everybody knows what that means. Do you know, it's... When I was a child, there was a particular thing that I was incredibly afraid of. I wasn't uh, a child lent to fear. But there was this particular statement that as I got to about my daughter's age, Annie, I had to talk out with my dad because I didn't understand why the worship leader at our church started the Sunday service with a declaration every single week. They said, this is the day that the Lord has made. And I will rejoice and be glad with it. Come into his gates with thanksgiving in your heart. Now, from my limited, immature stage at that time, I didn't understand why if this was the day that the Lord has made, who made the other days? What they're teaching me in my Christian school is incorrect from what the worship leader is saying over this day. And I wasn't feeling too thankful about coming through his pearly gates today. (laughs) I had a lot of life yet to live. But the truth is, as we say a bunch of these statements, assuming you know what that means, you know what that means, and everybody's like, "Mm mm-hmm, oh, we're lifting our hands, we're lifting our hands. Do you know, this morning I'd love to say to all those here who have not made a decision to follow Jesus with your life, I want to apologise for some of these things we throw out that may at times create a barrier for you to be able to come to know who God is and make a decision for yourself on if you're going to choose him. But I pray that from this message today that you will not be put off by this common Christian lingo or phrases that we put that we have learnt from reading God's word and we love. But for those of you who are Christian lingo abusers or users... I hope this message today brings new insight into your specific stage of growth in God. As we may be able to talk the talk well, but we must be able to walk the walk well. This is how I'm hoping today's message 
will be, a, will be for you a way for you to assess which stage and season you are currently in today so that you can take your next growth step. And so what I want to do, which is really, really important right at the beginning of this message, I want to put a caveat over today's message. I want to ask that regardless of your growth stage today, regardless of whether you've come in here and you haven't decided if this God thing is for you yet, or if you have followed God with your life for many, many years, I'm going to ask and encourage you today that you listen and process this message just for yourself. These sorts of messages, when we bring them out, can tend to have us think about others and categorise others when we listen to a message like this. But I'm going to ask today, would you make a decision even before the word goes out today? I'm listening to this message for me. And so I'm going to get you to turn to the person beside you and say, it's okay if you have a nap. This message is just for me. All right. So while we get to, uh, while we are blessed with spending time on this natural earth, there are two there are three types of growing and maturing that we all do. First, and the most obvious is we physically grow. We physically grow and mature. There are different seasons of our life that changes our uh, stature, changes our physiological uh, makeup. And there are also two other stages. There is emotional maturing and there is spiritual maturing. Before I unpack today the core of my message, which is the six stages of spiritual maturing, I want to just throw out a couple of truths that you may need to know before I unpack it. And here are just some of the overall truths that you need to know about spiritual maturity. Spiritual maturity is not subject to the years someone has followed Jesus. Number two, not all older people who follow Christ are mature. Number three, not all young people who follow Christ are immature. Number four, spiritual growth is not subject to your knowledge of God. And finally, number five, your spiritual maturity is directly linked to your emotional maturity. And so it is also subject to it. Our emotional maturity is the best indicator for us to know what spiritual stage we are currently in. Now, as I unpack the stages this morning... I'm going to unpack a number of things in it. I'm going to unpack the beauty of each stage, some of the language that we might hear from believers in that stage, and I'm going to unpack how we can encourage that stage to take the next step. Can I put this out just before everything? You don't want to skip ahead in growing in spiritual maturity. The difference between IQ and EQ, your intelligence and your emotions are not connected when it comes to your relationship and maturing spiritually for a reason. You may have a really high IQ and so 
process and absorb information about God or about our world really well. You may, for all sorts of reasons, may have a lower IQ. This does not put you at a disadvantage to be a spiritually mature person. I think the reason why God gave us his word, breathed by his spirit, through people just like us, is because we constantly need it with us. So whether you retain this information and can just pull it out straight away, or whether you need to go, I need to go back to my word and find out the answer here, it does not depict your spiritual maturity as being young or old. However, our emotional, our emotional EQ is different. God gave us emotions. He created emotions because our emotions help us in our relationship with others. They help us to process things with him. As we mature emotionally, as we learn, he's put it in his word, the fruits of the Holy Spirit are a great guide to take in our emotional growth. As he step, as we step into new areas of growth and help emotionally, that opens up new places spiritually that we can access with God. If you have been traumatized or hurt in relationships, you're going to struggle in a relationship with God. And until there is some healing and some restoration, some maturing, you are going to not have access to all that God has in that area for your world. That's the same as self-control. So we can talk about the shame of having addictions, but self-control is actually a part of our emotional intelligence. It is a maturing step when we begin to take intentional, disciplined choices which become habits in particular areas that we might struggle with and this in the natural that might be retail therapy <laughs> will 100% translate to the level of trust in God and all he provides. They are linked, perfectly linked. And so I want to jump straight into the six stages of growth. And I'd ask that you would listen to this this morning with an open spirit and an open mind to go, where do I sit right now? Because God has called each and every one of us to step into new growth. And this year as we grow up so that we're effective out I do believe God is going to be challenging and prompting each and every one of us to take our next step in spiritual maturity. And so here this morning is six spiritual growth or maturity steps. And number one, the very first one, many of you in this room today have already taken this step. It's so exciting. It's the step where you go from spiritual death to life. If, you've, if you're newer to faith or you've walked in here and you're learning about God, 
often this lingo that we've thrown out is so we say we are born again or we've been made a new creation. John 3, 3 says, Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of heaven. This stage is what the Bible describes as birth, spiritual birth. There is a moment and a choice for each and every one of us, and we have the opportunity to make it even today in our service. We'll have this opportunity. If you are here and you've never made this decision before, I'm really, really excited because you're going to have an opportunity at the end of this time that we have together today to make a decision to allow God into your life to give him your heart. And no, it doesn't have to be cut open to do so. And to allow him to lead your life in a new direction. He cares more about your dreams, your desires, your pain, your hurt, your anxiety, and your worries than you do. He loves you more than you can possibly imagine. And he is just waiting for you this morning to respond to his invitation to start a relationship with him. That will absolutely transform your life. This is why we call it, as believers who have followed Christ for a while, born again. But after we make this decision, we find ourselves instantly in a new season. You can't stay in the born again stage. The evidence of those who are remaining in the born again stage, we often see in church life or in uh, ministry life as people who come each week and respond when we ask, is there anybody who would love to give their life to Jesus? This is evidence of this stuck in the born again stage. But the truth is, is God wants you to jump immediately from this moment into the next moment. And using our physical stages that we do as life, I want to unpack what this next one is. And so this next season that we jump straight into is infancy. Now, I don't know how many people would be brave enough to put their hand up and say, I am totally a Christian infant. Anybody? No takers, not surprised. But you know, this is one of the most exciting seasons and stages of spiritual growth in a person's journey. For somebody who has followed Jesus for a long time and is quite spiritually mature, there is nothing more encouraging to our faith than walking alongside spiritual infants. Let me tell you why. Spiritual infants have the same attributes as a baby or an infant, they crave and they thirst and they desire and they require milk. And this is exactly the same nature as spiritual infants, excuse me, <clears throat> as spiritual infants. They crave and they desire and they lean into to find their nourishment, to find all that they need to be able to walk this season or this stage well, they find it in God's Word. Now, for anybody who, here who has known or followed God for under 12 months, you'll know what I mean. There is literally a craving to know more of His Word, more of His Word, more of His Word. Isn't it exciting, Shane, Henry, when you have one of these sitting around the table at your life group and they're like, more, more, more. I know I just had it two hours ago, but I'm going to get you back up in the middle of the night and I'm going to have some more. 
This is this season. It is a blessed season in our faith. And yet, the trap is in this season, for those of us who have walked this uh, faith for a while and may have matured beyond this stage, is that we have an expectation on this season to look like something else, to walk like adults, to behave like parents. But this season totally, 100% relies on the Word of God and the dependence on, number two, good family. Every parent, so every newborn requires and needs an amazing, loving family who will meet the needs to nourish them with the Word of God, who will be there because it comes in short bursts every two to three hours where they need to know what God says here. They need to know how to find it. Where do I look for here? It requires a family. Now, family dynamics don't often happen once a fortnight on a Wednesday night between 7.30 and 9 o'clock. A family dynamic is present. A family dynamic is there in each moment. It's not a season because... Sometimes this overwhelms people who've walked with Christ for a while. Sometimes this overwhelms go, I can't sustain this forever. You won't need to if you do it properly. (laughs) We won't need to walk to this level. But as people come to know Christ, we are going to have to come alongside and walk with them like family for a season so that they are being nourished by God's word. Spiritual infancy. Author, James, uh, author Jim Putin writes, some spiritual infants have been Christians for a really long time, but are stuck in this stage. They never grew up spiritually after being saved. Attending church and carrying a Bible is all they know of a Christian life. One of the most powerful and revealing sections of Jim Putin's book, so when I do phrases from each stage that can often come out, they're uh, from his amazing discipleship manual. Uh, these are words that reveal the true nature of someone's spiritual uh, maturity. For example, the, some common lines that we can hear from spiritual infants are that, um, well, before, for spiritual people who have not yet uh, taken that, made that decision to follow Jesus, it's not uncommon for us to hear, I don't believe in God, and then we're offended. But it's a stage in our spiritual journey. Religion's for the weak, or it's not for me. That is, the, that is pre-language. We can't be offended by that language. It locates where this person is at in their stage. And now we're called to be like Jesus and to walk with and encourage them. And every time they have a question, to bring it from God's Word, because He's going to open up moments for each and every one of us to do it. Uh, Bill, uh, Bill Gates even said years ago, there's a lot more things I could do with my life on Sundays than go to church. It's just an, off state, just an you know, off-the-cuff statement, but these are statements that are common to those who have not yet taken 
the journey of following Christ. But spiritual infants also reveal their spiritual maturity and growth when they say things like, it's just me and God. It's just me and God. Or God's been telling me all about it and I really feel to do this. Now, are we doubting that God's speaking to them? No. But you will know by the content of what he is saying to them on what stage they are in. Does it align with the word of God? But the statements are often the I feel statements. A baby feels hunger pangs and then thirsts for milk. And so we're very much the same in this stage. It's an I feel stage. Do you know, if you are a brand new Christian here today, a spiritual infant, welcome to the family of God. The Word of God and the people of God, the church, are absolutely vital for your growth. I encourage each and every one of you to read your Bible daily. This is where you will get to be able to move from this stage to the next because you'll be able to move with truth. You'll be able to move with discernment. I'd even encourage you to plug yourself into a life group and learn with a small group of people where you get to ask questions like, how does karma fit in? Or I think I can hear my grandmother speaking whom I lost years ago. Is that? You need a small community, a family of people who will help guide you through God's word on what his word actually means to your life. Which brings us to the next stage. And this stage post-infancy is children. Oh, what a fun stage. Children, children, children. Every child born in this world deserves loving parents who will nurture and help them grow. Every new follower of Jesus also deserves to have spiritual parents. Now, I started with infants that they need a family, but children require parents. I have worked in a school before, and I've seen how children behave minus the parents with limited supervision. It's very different to the dynamic of when mum or dad walk into the space. And so this season, when we walk into it of being a spiritual child, requires very specifically loving parents who will nurture and help them grow. I love this season. I love this season because it is a season full of blind obedience. It is a season full of energy. It's a season full of passion. If we look at the attributes of a child, I'm going to pick on the Collins family again because their eldest son is such a good example of this. Reuben Collins will talk to everyone. He will boldly walk up to you and say, hello, I am Reuben Ezra Collins. (laughs) You know it. You can quote it. This is the gift of this season. 
Do you know, for those of you who are in this season, you wondering why, or maybe you're totally oblivious to the fact that you're sharing Jesus to everyone and you can't understand why people who have known him longer are no longer speaking about him. It's such a gift because they just walk up, would you like to come to church? <laughs> I'm going. I'm at Jesus. Reuben Ezra Collins. He's good. He's in my heart. Didn't have to be cut open to get in there. It's brilliant. It is good, 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 good. This is the season of childhood. So much is celebration. So much is energy. And because of the gift of this season, it requires spiritual parents to come in. And I love this word that was given in Jim Putin's book, he says in Disciples, he needs parents to come in and instruct and command in a loving way. To instruct and command. This is exactly what we do when parenting this season. We come in and we instruct. No, you shouldn't do that. No, as Christians, we don't do that. Not, I can't believe you are. Has nobody spoken to you about this? You should just know. We don't do this, right? But do you know, when God gets in around your language, you're going to find other words. You're going to find that praise wants to come off your lips instead of cursing. And do you know what? This is what God wants for you. This is what spiritual parents do. They come in and they say, and here's the craziest thing. Okay, I just thought about this for a second because I remember some of the reactions from my children. No child wants to be instructed. The desire of every child is to have the freedom of adulthood where I can do whatever I want, right? They are not yet desiring to be Peter Pan where they never grow old. They just want to grow up, all right? So the honest truth is I find that this and the next season are two of the hardest seasons for us in our faith to identify that we actually need to grow, a child doesn't know that they need to grow. So we make them lie down in green pastures. We make them nourish themselves with good food, right? It's the same spiritually. We have to instruct them. But every single one of us in this season will require spiritual parents. I love the way Paul relates to the believers in the church of Thessalonica. He reminds them that he and his missionary colleagues ministered to them with the utmost integrity. And he also tells them how to exhort, comfort, and charge them like a father does with his own children. Paul tells the believers to have a walk worthy of the Lord. That's a hard thing for believers to hear. Guys, have a walk worthy that's what Paul's doing. He's saying to childlike spiritual maturity, have a walk worthy. Go this way, not that way. Don't go there, it's harmful. Yes, go this way, it's fruitful. This is what the blessing of this season is. And so how do you know if you're a spiritual child? Your words will once again give it away. Here are some of the phrases from this stage. I believe in, my ch in Jesus and my church at the beach, just me and him, or I, I love this church 
and the church down the road. And then in the summer when the worship thing's on, I really love that church as well. And so I'm just floating, connecting into all of them. Because remember, a child craves no boundaries. But a child requires to flourish great boundaries. And so if you are or you find yourself in this season today, a child in your spirituality, would you like to grow out of childhood maturity and become a mature follower of Jesus? You totally can. Stay here with me for just a few moments and you will have a walk with God worthy of the Lord. What you require is to find some incredible spiritual parents. Maybe that is your biological parents because they're raising you in faith, but maybe it's not. Maybe you need to ask somebody here, would you help align and guide my life so that I look more like Jesus at the end of this season in my life? 1 Corinthians 13, 11 says, when I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child, but when I grew up, I put away childish things. Which brings me to the third season. You can probably guess what season we're walking into. If we're following the, uh, the pattern of the way we grow physically, our next season is adolescence. Adolescence, our youth. This is a season marked by knowing it all. All right? Now, you may think, Don't shut off young people. You may think that I'm just going to take the mickey out of you now. I'm not. This season is also typically the stage that is fueled by passion, but also jam-packed full of ego. It's in this season we see so many believers branch off and form new churches, leave churches hurt and offended, as there has got to be a better way elsewhere, all right? But passion and zeal has to run with wisdom and truth. It has to. This season is usually where God begins to hint at what he's got in store for our lives. He births dreams in us larger than what we're living in this season, And he begins to prompt us, just prompt us to die to ourselves, to achieve it and to take up his cross. Many of us, however, remain here for the rest of our lives. Many of us. Here's why. It's like the rich young ruler that John was speaking about today. We want all that God has got for us. And all that we desire, our way, because it's a better way. It's a season, this season is marked by learning to trust God with your life. It's an absolutely remarkable season to walk through. So what we actually see in the trends of this particular season is that we see a marked decline in reading God's word, even though our attendance to church and church programs may be more frequent than ever before in our lives. In this stage, we are chasing experience over transformation. 
Common language found in this season is, I can't stay in this church as I know what God has called me to, but the leaders in that church are just holding me back, or I've been so hurt by that church. But behind the scenes, you honestly know it's because you've been challenged to follow God's way, to wait and be developed, or you're not wanting to be held accountable for your actions. This season is absolutely vital that we walk through in each of our journeys into spiritual maturity. Do you know, I've, I've seen in the life of the church so many incredible men and women of faith who had failed in later life because we would consider them giants, but they never graduated from this spiritual season. But God desires each and every one of us to not just chase experience and not to stay in a space where we think we know it all or we have a better way, but to come under the blessing of the way he's ordered us to grow spiritually and to take a next step into the new season. Do you know this season is marked by something absolutely crucial, right on the cusp of stepping out of this season and into the next season, God usually does something in each and every one of us. And for those of you who've taken this step, you'll be able to identify it really quickly. He deals with your stuff. This this leap into the next stage, which is adulthood, he says, can I heal that? Can I restore that? You know that thing that you have left at the background, everything else looks good at the front, but I want you to bring this forward and allow me to get in and around it so I can restore it. This is normally the marked area. This is why so many of us don't jump into the season. We hit the pain of God wanting to heal and restore and we go, oh, that hurts. And I think it's the Collins's way they worship. So I'm going to a new church. But it's not. It's God saying, come on, take this leap with me. Yes, there is pain. Yes, there's been trauma. Yes, there has been things that you've got to unlearn to learn something new. Would you take that leap with me into the new season? This stage is called adulthood. So far, we've touched on all these beautiful stages from being spiritually dead all the way through these fun stages. But just as a human being experiences all these phases of growth in maturity, so does a follower of Jesus, or at least we should. It's not God's will for you and me to remain in a state of spiritual immaturity. God desires for us to grow and to thrive in our relationship with him, just as Just as it's unnatural to see an adult look and act like a baby, doesn't matter how funny the YouTubes are when they're dressed up like it, it's not desirous to hang around to be around, all right? And it has no influence. One of the key factors of knowing that one has moved in, out of adolescence and into spiritual is that he or she is much less less self-centred and has a deep desire to serve God and to serve others. The Apostle Paul encourages the church at Philippi to do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, 
being self-focused and proud are easy default positions for followers of Jesus. We have to constantly battle these twins of temptation in us, or at least I do. No one else? It's really quiet in this house. I have no problem in looking out for me. Nobody on the planet needs to learn how to look out for themselves. And unfortunately, I can readily forget that God is the one to receive all the credit for anything good in my life. Jim Puddin writes, spiritual adults begin to see the God-shaped purpose for them. As their priorities begin to change, they start looking for a place to serve where they can use their abilities and gifts. Now, this is very different to the young adult stage where they would love to present their gifts and talents because it's a gift to the world. (laughs) I love you, young adults. You make the most passion-filled amazing. Do you know, I have to say this about the young adults. This is a marked element around church life because of the lack of so many of us stepping into adulthood in the final stage. It is this stage always who can identify what they need and then so they'll do it themselves. Our young adults will mentor one another. They will speak into each other's lives. They will help guide and sometimes that will go well and some of them, sometimes it won't. Because this particular stage says, well, if no one else will, I will. There's an ownership in this season, which is stunning. But in adulthood, we understand that we've got to make the sacrifice necessary to serve. As we become more secure in Christ, we overlook the faults of others. They, uh, adults are action-orientated, zealous, and in need of a way to be involved in the ministry of others. And don't you just love being around people like this? I know I do. They are such a joy and an encouragement to be around. There's little to no complaining. They are constantly looking for ways to help the church and not tear her down. These people are simply what makes the church thrive and not just survive. I pray that their group increases exponentially in this house. This is also the stage where many allow God to do a deep healing and restorative work as they understand that God has not just saved them out of their sinful lives, but wants to go back and restore what the enemy has stolen and robbed. He wants to claim back those years and use them. Here are some of the phrases from this stage for those of you who are walking as spiritual adults or who are designed to take this next step. I love my group. I love my life group. But there are others who need a life group like this. How do we get this started? I had to walk two blocks to get a park for church this morning. I can't wait till I have to catch the bus. You know, Chris and Rach missed life group this week. The kids have the flu. So maybe our group could make some meals and get them to get them over to them to help them. You know, perhaps you are listening to this stage and thinking, our church needs heaps of people in this stage with this thinking and maturity in God. They don't complain, but they pray and they serve. They care and they are generous. The gift of having people like this in our church where they are no longer children, 
but are adults who are less concerned for personal preferences and more concerned for reaching people for Jesus. These servant-hearted people are usually so busy serving and pointing people to Christ that they seldom complain and hardly ever leave their local church to go and find greener ecclesiastical pastures. But this brings us to another stage. There's a final stage in our spiritual maturity. And so I don't want to stop us short in what sounds incredible in adulthood. There is a final season that we take in our spiritual maturing. And this is the stage of becoming spiritual parents. This whole message has been building to the point in the growth of maturing process towards parenthood. Each person born again by the Spirit of God who passes from spiritual death to life begins as an infant. They grow out of infancy into the childhood phase, but they do not stay as a child or an adolescent. It is God's will for each and every one of us to mature in Christ to the point where, they, where we serve others and are not, consume, not consumed by what we want, our own desires, or our own preferences, but unfortunately, too many church members never mature out of the spiritual childhood or adolescence to become spiritual adults. One of the reasons we see so much turmoil, fighting, and transfers in membership is immaturity. It's crazy. What happens to physical children when they don't get their own way? I'm in this season. It's epic. Now, you might not say, I have not thrown myself on the ground and arched my back and purposefully tried to hit my head on while I screamed, da, 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 da. I love that he screams, da, 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 in this moment. Well, no! But we do this all the time. We throw a tantrum when we don't get our own way in these seasons. Well, you know, people all will always respond in accordance with the level of their spiritual maturity. The key divining characteristic of parents is obviously they have children. One cannot call himself a father, for example, if he doesn't have a child. It is the same way in spiritual parenting. A spiritual parent is one who has discipled another person to the place of growth in God. When you get to the point in your walk with God where you are mentoring and helping another person to become more like Jesus, then you are a spiritual parent. It is God's will for each and every one of us to mature to this stage because the commission says to go out and make disciples. Now, I don't know about you. Gray and I were having a great discussion about this. It's sometimes the thing we hit our head against the wall it takes so long to get so many of us to just share that, oh, I'm a Christian. Like it was a swear word. Or what do you do for a job? I say it quite boldly. I love it. I love seeing people's reactions. I'm a pastor. Well, you know, the big church, big black one, one that's in the media, you know? <laughs> no, I don't get that far. I think it. <laughs> and I've now said it on podcast. Um, but... Do you know, we, we spend so much of our time in some of the other seasons and sometimes we don't grow into new spiritual maturity that we are worried about actually just sharing with others that we 
are a Christian, that we never graduate to this season that is actually what God has called every single person who's made a decision to follow Jesus to come follow him and make disciples. He's calling each and every one of us to mature into spiritual parenthood. And so what does this look like? It looks like coming alongside for the long journey. Uh, Just before, we've got half of the duo on the front row. Do you ever stop parenting, Dad? They, They keep moving in. They always need money. You keep feeding them even though they've gone, (laughs) right? And now you're looking after more children than what you originally had, right? Parenthood never, ever stops. In actual fact, your capacity for how many you can lead grows. I know. This couple who are sitting on the front row have helped raise, I don't know the number anymore, 14, 13 or 14 godly grandchildren. Our capacity grows when we are spiritual parents to be able to not just come alongside one infant, but be able to come along quite a number. Infants, children, adolescents, encouraging adults in their season to step into the next season, to join them in the mission. But it requires us to take this major step. Is it hard work? Does the devil hate it? Are we tempted to stop because of setbacks? The answer to all these questions is absolutely. But we press on in Jesus' name and continue to take spiritual ground in the kingdom of God in this season. These people have grown way past criticism, comparisons and being disruptive. Their main concern is getting as many people saved and discipled, maturing maturing in Christ. They know there is no perfect people and they are grace-filled and give others the benefit of a doubt. They are a blessing. They are spiritual parents. They love Jesus and walk closely with him and they love making disciples who make disciples. 2 Timothy 2 says, You have heard me teach these things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. So what do we need? How, what, do these, what does this particular group need from the body of Christ? They need encouragement to continue. Because unlike in our natural world, the spiritual and emotional maturing doesn't have a retiring date. We require our spiritual parents to death do us part. <laughs> We require them to continue to pass on wisdom, to continue to walk with us well into their older years. So in conclusion, as the team comes, why is it so vital to grow spiritually? There is a story told of a little boy who fell out of bed. When asked what happened, he said, I guess I just stayed too close to the getting in place. That's exactly why so many people fall away from God. In the infancy stage, they stay too close to the getting in stage, or getting in place, and they do not grow in maturity with God. Do you know there is no shame in being in any of the seasons that still need to transition through to adulthood or parenthood? You know, if you were born a couple of months ago, born again, 
we will expect, or I pray that as a church, we would expect that you will be craving nourishment. Or if you are in the spiritual season of childhood, that you will require some instruction and guidance. If you're in the adolescent season, we will need to speak encouragement of the vision God is giving you and how you will see it outworked in your life, in how you walk according to His Word. Every one of us needs to grow as a Christian. But if you find that you are in a season, but you have known God for many, many years, and you're stuck in one of these three seasons, there is a problem. God is calling you and prompting you this morning with this word to say, come on, it's time to step into a new season. And so as everybody bows their heads right now, I'd love to pray over you. I know in your spirits this morning, there are gonna be people responding all over this place because you will have been prompted by the Holy Spirit to respond to a new growth step. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that it carries power Thank you that you are so good to us that you gently continue to prod us forward because you do not want us to live this life on this earth with just a portion of an understanding of who you are or just a portion of all that we could be. You desire us to step into all that you have for us and to know you so intimately to understand who you are to us so intimately that we could never possibly walk away from you. But instead, we would have an urgency and a desire and a passion to walk others through their maturing stage. Right now, for wherever anybody is at in any season, I pray for a boldness right now to take that step into new spiritual maturity. I pray for a tenacity to ask God, what do you need me to do and learn in this season so that I can transition to the next season? What is it you want to do in me? I pray that you would cement this word in each and every person's heart in Jesus' name. But before everybody opens their eyes, I just, I said in the beginning of my message that I was just going to give an opportunity. You may be here today and have heard this strange message about the different stages in which you can grow and grow spiritually in your relationship with God, but you may have never, ever made this decision to start. You're here because you're intrigued and you'd love to know about God. But he wants you to know today that this was not an accident. This is an invitation for you to begin a life with him. You might not know all about him yet. You might not understand everything What you do need to know, though, is God said his son, Jesus, to pay a price, to be a sacrifice for your life. What does that mean? That means that everything that you're struggling with, everything that you are dealing with, the weight that life places on your shoulders, he has said, I would love to come and interject myself into your story and set it on a new path. And I will transform your life from the inside out. Yes, this body of people will come alongside and help you, but ultimately the Holy Spirit does a transformational work inside you. And so this morning, I'd just love to extend an invitation. If you are here and you say, you know what, that's me. I need to start. I need to start 
this journey today with God. Would you just slip your hand up? Nobody's